Mark chapter 15 verses 40 to 16 verse 8. It reads, Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to, that uh, he was already dead. Summoning uh, the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it on a, cu- on a tomb cut out of a rock. Then he rolled the stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was near, was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early in the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and then asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus of the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where, he, where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here is the word of our Lord. Human beings have a lot of things that we are generally afraid of. There are a lot of things that we are generally afraid of in the world. We are afraid of uh, dirt. Others, the condition called misophobia. 
Some have, have a fear of water. That condition is called hydrophobia. Others have a fear of the darkness. Condition called niclophobia. Others have a fear of high places. Acrophobia. Others have a fear of being buried alive. I wonder who doesn't have that fear. Which is taxo, taxophobia. Others have a fear of strangers. Xenophobia. Others have a fear of dead people. Necrophobia. Others have fear of com- confined spaces. That is claustrophobia. And others have a strange fear of the number 13. Which is trinkia carphobia. So we have a lot of things that we are generally afraid of. In the year 2020, the Oxford Dictionary was, there was a competition uh, about which word was going to make it as a new word in the dictionary that they normally do each year. And the competition was between aganophobia, which is the fear of being called racist, and social distancing. As you can imagine, social distancing made it onto the dictionary. So we have a lot of things that we fear. Those are just but a few of the fears that we have. But one of those fears which you could not find, that you cannot find in the dictionaries or even online, is a fear of telling others about Christ. It is a fear of, of being associated with Jesus. The fear of the, the, the embarrassment of being called one of those, those Christians. The fear of being uh, accused of being closed-minded. The fear of, of, of being maligned, mistreated. The fear of being left out. Because once they say, Yo, you, the Mzalwan, you won't do this. So we are going out to the bar together, or whatever the place may be. We have that fear as well. We have that fear because, depending on the time and the place that you live in, it has become sort of uncool to be associated with Jesus. It has become um, unfavorable. If you want to be popular... You don't adopt the views. You don't take the views of Christianity seriously. You become a person who is spiritual, but is not godly. You become someone who, uh, who, who affirms and gets certain talents of Christianity, but not the God of the Bible. This morning... What I want us to see is that this fear of being associated with Jesus has always been there. At a time when Christ had risen from the dead, at a time when Christ was at a moment of his, of his need from his disciples, human nature socially distanced itself from Christ. 
We say this. Um, uh, last week we saw that Jesus Christ had been um, captured. Or on Friday, not last week. He had been captured and crucified next to criminals. That others were saying that he, he saved himself, but he cannot save others. And we saw that he was actually saving others by not saving himself. We saw them mock Jesus by calling him king of the Jews. But he was the king of the Jews. We saw him crucified between two criminals. But then we saw that he was taking our place as the sinners, as the criminals, so that we may be pardoned and be accepted into God's family. Now what we see now as we get to verse 40 of chapter 15 is that as all of this is happening, as Jesus Christ is being crucified, those whom he had walked with for about three years since the beginning of his ministry, for about the rest of his life, for about 30 years, 33 years, if you think of his mother, we're looking at what was happening from a distance, not wanting to be associated with the Christ who was being crucified. And we see here that the encouragement to you and I is to not be afraid of, of being associated with the cross. Do not be afraid of being associated with the cross. Let's see this in, verses, in verses, chapter 15, verses 40 together of Mark. Right at the beginning, we see that some women were watching from a distance. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Solomon. And we are told that in Galilee, this woman had followed him and cared for his needs. And many other women who had come up to him, to Jerusalem, with him, were also there. We, we, we have been told that once Jesus was arrested, which is about two days before this, he was, those who were with him, they scattered to the wind. They all separated. As the shepherd was being captured, the sheep scattered. Isaiah tells us. And we saw but those who were closest to him, like Peter, did not scatter like everyone else, but he kept in the periphery to sort of look and see what was going to happen. And you saw that he, others saw him, and they said, aren't you one of the disciples? Aren't you one of his followers? And before that night was over, he had denied his association with Christ three times. And then we sort of lose track of what happens to them. And then we see in Mark there are others who are watching what is happening to Jesus as he is being crucified. Not wanting to be associated with someone who is, who is being killed, who has been sentenced to death. 
they watch from a distance, not wanting to be tainted by whatever um, fallout would come from associating with Jesus. We say in verse 14 that they are watching from a distance. They are afraid. They are afraid of being arrested with Jesus. Is Jesus cries, is he cries being beaten and killed? Those who have been, have been associating with him for three years stand afar. It is not bold association with Jesus and his message that they want, no. They don't want to be known with this person who is being killed up there. And then you notice something different happens in verse 42 of chapter 15. Is that these people who had been with Jesus for so long that you expect them to be standing near him, dying with him, but are watching from a distance, they are contrasted to someone that is unexpected, and that is Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea was a member of the council, that is the, the ruling elite um, in Israel. And we say this in verse 42, that it was preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath. That is the day before Saturday, on Friday. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. We don't know much about Joseph of Arimathea, but what we know is that he was among those people who had been waiting for the kingdom of God that he had held on to the promises that God had made in the Old Testament that he would bring about a Messiah who would come and rescue the people of God and be the king of Israel. Unlike the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection, he believed that God's rescue was coming. We're not sure, we're not told why when the rescuer came, that is, the Messiah came, he did not run to him and trust in him and be, and be associated with the disciples. We're not told why is Jesus was being falsely accused, killed. He said nothing. But what we, do, what, what, what we are told, that in the midst of... Um, of distancing themselves from Jesus as the other disciples are doing, in the midst of others looking from a distance at Jesus being killed after he had died, Joseph of Arimathea goes boldly to Pilate and wants the body of Jesus. He wants to be he is not ashamed to be associated with Jesus. Why? Because he wants to bury the body. This is in contrast 
to those who are afraid, who are standing at a distance, those who had known Jesus for three years. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, goes boldly, we are told, before Pilate and asks for Jesus' body. And Pilate is surprised that Jesus has died already. After all, when people were hanging on the cross, that some of them would be up there for days. And you know that he had been pierced on the side just to make sure that he was dead. When Pilate learned from the centurion, that is a soldier, in the Roman army that Jesus had in fact died, he gives the body to Joseph. So Joseph goes, he buys the linen cloth, he wraps up the body, and he presses it, he puts it on a, uh, on a cut tomb. This tomb, probably chiseled from a, um, one of those salt rocks uh, that, that's made of lime that you can find in Jerusalem, um, to this, even to this day, he, he takes Jesus and puts him in a, tomb, in a tomb that is probably bought. And he takes the op- opening of the tomb, he rolls it back, closes it. But what we see is that as Jesus was rolled, put in the tomb, not all the uh, sort of uh, ceremonial rites had been performed um, as this happened. You know this because the women who were watching all of this, they are those who have been associated with Jesus, they see what is happening. That is, they know where he's being buried. They know that not everything had been done to his body. It was tradition in Israel, to put spices around the body so that it does not uh, smell bad immediately. At least to sort of suppress the smell. But what happens in verses 47 to 16, verse 8, is that they go and see the body and they are told not to be afraid. Verses 16, uh, chapter 16, verses 1, for instance. When the Sabbath was over, that is, when the Saturday was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Solomon, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. So they decided that we are going to go and make sure that the complete ceremonial rites for burying someone are done. They go very early in the morning, perhaps not wanting to be seen, to be associated with Christ even now. So they go there very early in the morning. When they get, as they are walking towards the tomb, they ask themselves, who among us is going to roll away the, the, the stone? Because Joseph Aramathia had put it up there the, uh, two days before. Probably strong man. And here they are, we are told. They ask themselves, how are we going to do it? 
But as they get there, they are alarmed to see that the stone had been rolled away in verses 4. So they enter the tomb and see a, a, a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The tombs back then in Jerusalem we've seen um, is that they sort of like a table. It's an opening and there would be a table in the middle where the body would be left there. That table was made out of stone itself or out of earth. And they get there and they find that this, this young man who is sitting there, he is not Jesus Christ because they know Jesus. They have been with him. He is sitting there in white robes. And they are alarmed. We are not told why they are alarmed. Perhaps they may be alarmed thinking that yeah, probably one of the um, one of the Israelites who was against Christ has now seen them, that they want to associate themselves with Christ. They were alarmed probably because they thought maybe there was a Roman who had sit there to sort of watch out to see who among Jesus' loved ones would come and, um, and, ch- and, and check out the tomb so that they too could be accused of being associated with Christ. But what you see in verse 6 is that as they get there, they are alarmed. And the young man who is sitting there says to them in verse 6, Don't be alarmed. The one you are looking for, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has risen. He is not in the tomb anymore. The place where he lays, he is not here anymore. Go and tell other disciples that he is not here. He is risen. Just as he told you that he was going to be crucified, die, and on the third day he was going to rise, that which he had promised you has happened. She tells them, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as you were told as the disciples. But what happens to the women? In contrast to Joseph Arimathea, who goes boldly proclaiming to be associated with Christ, what happens to these women, verses 8, is that they are trembling, they are bewildered, that they are surprised. What has just happened now? So they go out and, and, and run away from the tomb. And they said nothing to anyone. Why? Because they were afraid. They, at a moment where they are meant to be rejoicing, that their Lord and Savior is not dead, but had fed risen from the dead, as he had promised. Instead of going out and proclaiming to everyone that he is not there. They are paralyzed by fear. This fear stops them from telling others about the good news of the resurrection of the Christ. It is a fear 
of being associated with Jesus. It is a response to Jesus' work that is sort of silent, that withers away into the corner. It is a fear that you all know good and well, isn't it? The fear of witnessing the miraculous in the word of God, seeing its effectiveness in our own heart, but, but instead of joyfully going before others and shouting, yes, he is real, he is able to do the work, he has worked on me, he has forgiven my sin, but it is a fear that causes us to cower somewhere in the corner and keep the good news private. Someone said it is like the fear of a homeless person who has found a place where they serve amazing food. But instead of going to others after he had eaten and been fed up themselves, instead of going to others and saying, hey, there's bread over there, but they go on the street, they sit there, and they watch as others bag for food. This fear is natural. We think of ourselves, we, 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 sometimes when we read these stories, we tend to want to associate ourselves with the good people, with Joseph or Arimathea, not the, uh, the women who are afraid. But most of the times, we are among those who are afraid, isn't it? Those who are afraid to tell the truth. Those who decide that it's better to say nothing than to say something and then be thought of in an awkward way following that. As you see others moving further and further away from Christ, we are not alarmed, we who know where life is found. We are not alarmed at what is happening to them. Our, what, is, what Christ has done for us, the mercy that we have received from him, does not cause us to have sufficient compassion for those who do not know him. That is the message that I wanted us to have this morning. It is good that in South Africa we are able to celebrate Easter and you are celebrating the resurrection of Christ from the dead this morning and you are proclaiming that he is risen. But what are we going to do about that? Are we just going to uh, take it as just another day? Or are we going to take it as an opportunity to boldly pro proclaim the implications of the risen Christ? That there is hope after death. That there is life found in him. That sins can be forgiven. That this life is not all that there is. There is life eternal that is found in Christ. Are we going to do that? Or are we going to keep our religion 
private? Are we going to be those, like those who have been rescued ourselves, who continue to point others to rescue? Or are we just going to sit and enjoy the benefits of, of being rescued? That is a challenge that I want to leave us with this morning. Let's pray and ask God to make us bold in Him. Heavenly Father, I pray that indeed that you would change our hearts as those who have been changed by you, those who have been rescued, those who have life eternal. Change our hearts, Lord, that we may tell others of the life that is found in you. Make us bold like Joseph of Arimathea. Remove the fear in our hearts. The fear of being thought of as awkward, strange and odd. And give us confidence through your spirit in the Christ who saves. I pray and ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.